Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. It's over. Add it again. <laughs> I know. And now, like, I'm going to have to just keep signing up for you so that I can hear that every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. Love it. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I got something else for you, at least two more things. Um, so, um, yeah, so we were uh, starting um, session five. Uh, was uh, empathy. I actually don't know which session five is, whether this is session five, six, or seven. I don't remember off the top, but I do know that today is the December uh, 21st. It is Thursday evening. It's uh, 7.09. Actually, just turned 7.10 as I'm saying this. Uh, we are in discipline number five, which is empathy. Uh, this is about communication. This is the uh, last session we had was two weeks ago. We didn't have a session last week. And um, we um, empathy is about dealing with emotions in communication because this is the communication for relationships program, and uh, this is a new uh, addition to this. And I said I was going to send you this whole thing when I finished this whole session. Um, uh, just as a reminder, this particular section I put in the program, but originally it was going to be about. Um, it originally was an ebook that was like forty something pages. Uh, or 30-something or pages. No, it was 28 to 30 pages. Anyhow, it's like, you know, significant size uh, ebook. And so this section going in here makes this uh, program quite extensive. Um, so we're going to do the second half of Empathy today. Um, and, um, yeah, so when we finish, then I can send you um, the entire section. Um, okay. So that way, because I don't want to give you a piece and then you'd be like, what piece does this go next to? And, you know, and uh, all of that stuff. So, all right. Yep. Cool. So, um, so we talked about um, listening uh, through empathy, like, like being able to relate emotionally and uh, um, consciously uh, through communication by expanding your empathy. So, there was three things that we had talked about um, uh, in the area of um, uh, the first of the three disciplines called listening. So mm-hmm. in order to uh, be able effective as a listener, you need to have compassion, you need to have skill sets, and you need to be committed. You have to have a commitment. So we're going to talk about the commitment part of uh, the listening. And then um, the next uh, section after that, I'll let you know uh, what it is when we get there. It'll be managing emotions. Let me just say that. Managing emotions. Okay. So um, in the area of commitment, this is um, uh, being responsible for uh, listening, like bringing listening and being powerful as a listener. Uh, commitment is the area where you decide how much you're willing to do something or make something happen. Are you thinking about listening, interested in listening, actually going to listen, or resolve that nothing will stand in the way of you listening? In other words, is it a nice idea to listen, a desire, an obligation-level desire, or a house-on-fire desire to listen? Your commitment and reasons for listening are what determine the degree of intensity you're going to listen. Your context is the foundation of your commitment. What that means is that the way you see the world, relationships, and your partner will influence the way you act towards every area of relationships, and in this case, the listening part of communication. Um, do you need to say anything else? Or did you get that? Or because That was a uh, mouthful. Um, you could say it again. Okay, I'm going to start with the second paragraph first, which is your commitment and reasons for listening 
are what determine the degree of intensity you are going to listen. Your context is the foundation of your commitment. Your context is what you're committed to, in other words. Uh-huh. Uh, what that means is the way you see the world, the way you see relationships, and the way you see your partner will influence the way you act towards every area of relationships, and in this case, the listening part of communication, the way you see this. So what I'm going to say is start to go through the first paragraph, which is commitment is the area where you decide how much you're willing to do something or make something happen. In this case, Uh listening. So are you thinking about listening, interested in listening, actually going to listen, or resolve that nothing will stand in the way of you listening? Is is listening an ice idea? Is um, listening, you know, an obligation? Or is listening a house on fire desire? Uh Like, I'm going to listen. Or, you know, I should listen. Or... Am I listening? <laughs> or, I didn't, oh, I didn't even notice that I wasn't listening. Can you say that again? Like, right, right. Mm-hmm. So you want to be conscious of your commitment to listening because that's what's going to cause you to actually be effective as a listener. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it for you to have great communication in your relationship? And that's a direct question to you. Um. Well, yeah. So I never thought of it in that way, like being committed to it. Yes. And the logical answer is I should be committed to it like nothing is going to stand in my way because otherwise it ends up like my friend's relationship where she said, I didn't see that coming after being with the guy for four and a half years. Oh, yeah. And I went, really? You had no clue? She had no clue, apparently. Or so she said. I don't know for sure. But I don't want that, I don't, yeah, I don't want that to be like I go along thinking everything is great and fine, and it really isn't because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally got that. (laughs) So, on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it for you to have great communication? Got it. 10, 10. It has to be a 10. There's no other choice. Ah, uh, you know, are you for me? <laughs> okay. So, um, whatever your answer is will determine whether you listen or not, how deeply you listen, how long, why, how you feel about it, and so much more. Remember, most people don't listen whether they know how to listen or not. And... Most people don't believe anyone else will listen to them, so why should they waste their time listening to anyone? Mm-hmm. Don't let that way of thinking own you because it will eventually become a habit and take over every conversation in your relationship. Yeah, yeah. I kind of it's a habit already that now I need to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully, as you learned earlier, you're the leader of your relationship because with your partner uh, as your co-leader. And now you are aware that how you do things will likely influence how and what your partner will do too, mm-hmm. what they'll do and how they do it. Also, how you know if your partner is doing things based on your influence or not is that they'll either comply and go along with what you're doing or they'll agree, disagree, resist, argue. Mm -hmm. Your level of commitment to being a great listener and then doing it greatly is a huge key to the quality of your relationship. So you got to be fully committed to being the listener. Mm -hmm. Whether you're, whether you're demonstrating listening, um, making sure that they get heard completely or not is going to dictate the quality of your relationship. And, you know, you want to be as empty and bring empty and meaningless to, to conversations as much as possible. 
mm-hmm. so that you can actually not have anything in the way of you actually listening. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Now we've done that. We're going to talk about managing emotions. Any questions about that? Anything come to mind for you? Want to say? Or no, no, I'm I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Commitment. We've we've talked about that in a few different ways. So. Yeah. It's just being specific about committed to this. So, all right, great. Next, managing emotions. When it comes to people and emotions, there are at least two problems to solve. <laughs> knowing that emotions need to be managed and knowing how to manage emotions. Let me say that again. <laughs> this is, this is, it, it's funny. It's, 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 it would be hilarious if it wasn't so sad. But it is still hilarious, right? Which is, when it comes to people and emotions, there are at least two problems to solve. Knowing that emotions need to be managed and knowing how to manage emotions. <laughs> yeah, so we're about to cover both of them briefly. Okay. And most people most people have no idea that they even should. Right. You know. Yeah. It's, you know, it's almost, when I, you know, so... I just got to get this out for me for now. So, generally speaking, women have a lot more freedom um, and, and giving themselves the excuse to vomit their emotions on people much more than men do. Uh-huh. It's really disgusting. I mean, as a man, it's really disgusting. I know men do disgusting things too. Uh-huh. But, you know, so I was talking to a friend of mine. I even posted it in the Facebook group today um, that she was the person uh, responsible for going to buy some gifts uh, for a teacher, for a Uh class, right? And um, the people who, who, you know, elected or selected her to be the one to go do it, they didn't like what she did as far as gifts for the teacher. They Uh all put their money together and she spent the money on the gifts. And uh, they didn't tell her what they wanted, but they was annoyed that she didn't do what they wanted. (laughs) <laughs> right now okay. as a yeah, guy yeah as a guy I've had that happen more than 10 times in my life mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? it, when, when, when a guy says hey I want you to do blah 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 and then he didn't tell you all he didn't do it he's like you know what? okay here let me go do it myself or something like that right mm-hmm. guys don't blow up on that kind of stuff would you say that that's generally true? Um, yeah. Yeah, mostly, really. Yeah. You know, guys will do whatever you want them to do as long as you don't get in their way of them doing it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these women were um, almost bullying or trying to shame her for messing up. You know, well, I would have been like, yo, <laughs> like you should have just done it yourself. Yeah, well, they're going to be doing it next time, next year themselves, but uh, it's too late for now, right? <laughs> yeah. But the, but the point is that they felt, um, they felt like punishing her with their with their vitriol. That's crazy. You know? Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, who's going to benefit from that? You know, and it reminded me that... Um, you know, one of my friends a few months ago, oh, three months ago or something, she told me that, you know, um, women scream and vomit on men because they think men are big and strong enough to be able to take it. And I was like, really? Yeah. They're stupid for thinking that. Yeah, because we're physically bigger than a woman, but that don't mean we can handle the emotions any better than they can. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like y'all are yep. able, y'all are, y'all are allowed to smack us in the face if y'all are mad at us. But when we smack you back, y'all calling the police. <laughs> you know? You're totally right. Yeah, you're totally right. Right? Yeah, y'all can beat us up. You know, y'all be sitting in a restaurant and be so mad at us, be punching us, punching us, and you, you just want us. You know, y'all want us to like hold you back. Mm-hmm. But we can't do that to y'all. Because if we do that to y'all, we going to get arrested. We getting arrested for real. Yeah. Cray cray. It's so unfair. But we can't even bring out the unfairness. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because we talk about emotions. Mm-hmm. 
And the fact remains is that people don't know how to manage emotions because they never thought, hey, maybe I should manage my emotions. Mm-hmm. Now, men are supposed to manage their emotions because we're not allowed to emo- be emotional like we, you know, like y'all are. Yeah. So y'all, would, you know, both men and women would think that the guy who's being emotional is like a girly man, a wimp, not strong enough. Yeah. But that's you know, really, like, yeah, something's like really wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you got emotions? But not that much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, so we're not allowed to do that. Anyhow, I I just want to create the whole world of emotions because it's, you know, so, um, yeah, so the three things you need to work on and be excellent at around emotions is, number one, not taking your emotions out on your partner. You just talked about. Number two, being conscious that you're actually in the emotion. And number three, helping your partner stay conscious uh-huh. or become conscious. So starting from the top, not taking your emotions out on your partner. This directly contradicts the saying that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. But it's clearly not accurate. <laughs> Being emotionally dumped on via words, actions, or both can immediately and permanently end relationships and often do. People may not remember what you said or did 10 months or 10 years ago, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Uh-huh. Feelings drive relationships, and the feelings that you bring to your conversations determine how your relationship goes. So here's what you can do. Here's what you can and cannot do. You can express your emotions all you want, but you cannot dump them onto your partner. You can't beat them up with your emotions. Mm-hmm. Your emotions your emotions have nothing to do with, with your partner, especially if you're hearing about your situation, if they're hearing about your situation for the first time or have no idea they're the reason you're upset. If they have no idea you're the, they're the reason you're upset, you can't beat them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, people want to relate to you and the world you live in, and they're more than willing to connect and contribute to you. What they don't want is to be on the receiving end of your emotional pain. In addition, they don't deserve it even if they're the one who caused the pain. When you take your emotions out on your partner, they'll experience you as unsafe, insecure, critical, inconsistent, emotionally immature, and difficult to be with. That's not a good reputation to be creating with your relationship partner. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep your cool, not as if you have to muffle your feelings, but be responsibly under control in how you use them. You can't just act any old way and then when you feel better, expect everything to be back the way it was before you got upset. Mm-hmm. As for dealing with your partner's emotions, use the same format for managing your emotions. Specifically, think about what it would be like for you if you were in their shoes. Angry, hurt, uptight, feeling like no one understands you, maybe alienated or ignored. Whatever those feelings are, how would you want someone to treat you? This is it's the shoes on all the foot, right? Mm-hmm. You can either treat them the way you want to be treated or treat them the way they want to be treated. Either way works. This means be patient with them. Listen to their issue and their mental and emotional state by applying the steps recommended earlier. Help lower your emotional state through your calm demeanor. Help lower their emotional state through your calm demeanor. Let them feel your love even if they're making you wrong because underneath their upset is a desire to be happy again and enjoy your love for each other. Mm -hmm. Remember this. The memories you make in your relationship are the product of the emotions that come from your interactions with your partner and determine the quality of your relationship. The lower the number of emotional messes either of you make, the greater your relationship will be. That's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Even a dog mm-hmm. liked it. <laughs> she's hungry again. Shocking news uh, there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. How's that happen? Didn't she eat yesterday? <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, and the hungrier she gets, she has to wait because we just got home when I called you. So she has yeah. to wait an hour to eat. And it's mm. going to become more dramatic as time goes on. Ah. <laughs> okay. You know, it is what it is. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so you want to remain conscious. Most of the time, we don't know when we're unconscious. The The reason is because our subconscious mind takes over and does a very good job of stepping in without our noticing. It's already making your heartbeat, your blood flow, and all types of bodily functions operate without your awareness, so taking over your thoughts and actions is a piece of cake. <laughs> when it comes to decision-making, you're in charge unless you check out. And if you do, you won't know the damage you do until it's too late. It's there to serve you, but if you do nothing, it's going to do something. It could be something you like or don't like, but it's not going to do nothing. Because Uh its intention is to protect and take care of you. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand anything else beyond protection and survival. Because of this, when it takes over, it doesn't really care about anyone or anything else but you and itself. So it's no surprise that being directed by our subconscious minds puts us in situations we often cannot get ourselves out of. If you can understand this, then you can begin to understand the value of being conscious, awake, alert. The safety, security, and success of your relationship it provides. That's the value of being conscious. Uh When it comes to communication, you have to be aware of the words that come out of your mouth and the impact those words are likely to have on your partner. I'm sorry. I just got to laugh for a minute because I I, I don't remember the name of this movie, but um, Chris Chris Tucker and uh, Uh Jackie Chan was in a movie together, right? And uh-huh. uh, uh, they both were doing, you know, fighting and martial arts. They was ages or something. But uh, uh-huh. Jackie Chan didn't want to talk to uh, Chris Tucker, and they was driving when they first connected. And so, uh-huh. you know, Chris Tucker uh-huh. says, are you understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> 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 when I said that, it just reminded me. That's probably why I wrote it that way. You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. And his mouth was all wide open and enunciating and whatnot. Jackie Chan is almost laughing at us because you understand English. He just didn't want to talk to Chris, you know. Um, I forget the name of that movie, but it was hilarious. So, uh, couldn't resist. All right. Um, um, people can get confused by what others say without any help. We don't need any help to be confused by what people say. The last thing you want to do is cause more confusion because you're not even conscious enough to make sure you're clear in your speaking and intentions because if this happens, you'll likely trigger your partner and jumpstart another unnecessary, irrelevant argument. Uh-huh. So you need to be aware of the words, conscious about what you're saying. And then have you remain conscious, how you remain conscious, excuse me, is by asking yourself questions during tough conversations or when your partner is having a tough time and you don't want to say or do anything to add to it. Sometimes people be like, ah, and you don't want to say nothing because you don't want to give more things to go ah, about. You know what I mean? <laughs> so here are some questions you should ask yourself during those tough conversations. Okay. And you'll get these questions. What would okay. love do now? That would be one question. What would love do now? Another one is, what am I thinking? Another one is, how do I feel right now? Another one is, what do I need to be paying attention to right now? That's actually a really good one. What do I need to be paying attention to right now? Another question would be, why am I in this conversation? Another one would be, what do I want to happen as a result of this conversation? So uh, I'm going to talk about this later um, in the next section called in- effectively, Effective Interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, but in there I have a concept called weight, 
why am I talking or what am I thinking? And um, there's a – and how you know, you get a sense of, like, what you're thinking uh, or, or why you're talking is, are you talking or thinking in ways that – oh, why am I trying not to yawn? Because I don't want to yawn. Okay, so that's silly. Um, <laughs> almost yawn. Um, you'll be thinking to yourself, um, is, this, is what I'm about to say or what I'm listening for adding to the conversation – subtracting from the conversation, multiplying the power and the opportunities in the conversation, or dividing the conversation and dividing the people in it. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, when you um, think about what you're doing or why you're in this conversation, you know, being able to recognize if you're asking yourself those questions is a sim- sim- symptom, a tip, that you're actually conscious because you need to be conscious. Um, okay. Yeah. Each of these questions will make you think. They'll take you away from being on automatic and make you conscious of the importance of the conversation you're having with your partner. They'll bring up your sense of curiosity, make you stop the conversations going on in your head, and examine the possible consequences of whatever happens as a result of the conversation you're in. I'm going to say that again because as I was reading, it was like, oh. Um, yeah, each of these questions will make you think. You, you want to say something? No, no, I'm good. I want oh, Fonzie oh. to shut up, though. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't blame you. You might need to give him a treat or something. I don't know. I did. Um, oh, it didn't <laughs> it work. Wasn't, for like what? Man, man, yeah, yeah. It wasn't enough, good. Yeah, each I, of these I, questions. Okay, okay, I think she knows that I'm talking to you and that it's important and mm. that she just feels jealous. Oh, my God, what's your dog's name? Fonta. It's, it's spelled F-O-N-T-A. I have Fonta. no clue what it means. She came with mm. the name. Ah, Fonta. Fonta, I'm sorry. We're almost done. <laughs> Does that make any difference? Yeah, she's like, it's that guy's voice again. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) It happens every Thursday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If Fonta understands what Thursday is, I'm very impressed. I just want you to know that. You know, sometimes I wonder. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So, anyhow, each of these questions will make you think. They'll take you away from being on automatic and make you conscious of the importance of the conversation you're in. They'll bring up your sense of curiosity, make you stop the conversations going on in your head, and make you examine the possible consequences of whatever happens as a result of the consequence of the conversation you're in. So you be conscious of how this conversation is going, how it's going to affect you and your partner and the relationship. If you find other questions that serve you in your commitment to being conscious, in your interactions with your partner, by all means, use them. Write them down somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, write them down somewhere where they'll be available to you at any moment. Also, practice asking those questions in other areas of your life so you can keep improving your ability to use the questions, whether it's to memorize the exact words of each question, getting into the habit of using the questions regularly, Mm-hmm. Review conversations to improve your ability to apply them or identify mm-hmm. and overcome habits that stop mm-hmm. you from using them in the first place. In the area of staying conscious, you can't do any worse than you're already doing. Mm-hmm. You just, you're not going to be less conscious than you already are. The only direction you can go is up. Don't make yourself wrong for not being conscious. It's not like you learned how to stay conscious in school. Forgive yourself, learn from the mistakes, and do it better next time. Mm-hmm. Next section was number three, which is help your partner stay conscious. Actually, I should say help your partner get and stay conscious. Um, but, yeah, so it's great to have a relationship partner who brings out the best for you. This section is a lesson in how to bring out the best in your partner. 
most people have no understanding of the concept of consciousness other than uh, that are that they are awake or asleep. As in, are they in bed or are they walking around doing stuff? <laughs> it's even amazing how unconscious we are, yet still accomplishing challenging tasks like driving to work, getting dressed, or reading a newspaper. We're doing it, but we won't remember we did it unless or until something wakes us up and grabs our attention. Then we will remember how we got to work, what we did to get dressed, or what the newspaper article was about. (laughs) You've dealt with people whom you knew was mentally asleep but couldn't figure out how to wake them up, right? That accurate? Yeah. Well, you're about to find out how to do that, at least for your partner. So, just as you were informed earlier in, in this section what to do to make yourself conscious, you need to ask them any of the following questions to help keep your partner conscious. Are you reacting or responding to what I'm saying? Do you care about what I'm saying to you right now? If you are going to explain this to me five years from now, how would you do it? How is what I'm saying in contrast to what you're thinking? Those are some questions. You'll get them, by the way. You will. Um, These are thought-interrupting questions, the type of questions that will wake someone up and shake them out of their thought processes long enough to begin thinking differently. If you make a fundamental relationship agreement between you to ask each other these questions when either of you suspects the other one of being mentally checked out or stuck in their beliefs, and if you promise to be respectful with them during the process rather than dominating or or cunning, you know, like using these tactics and strategies to get you what you want, it'll be amazing how amazing your conversations will go. What will what would help this process is if your partner also reads this or, or listens to this, so you so your partner um, so you can excuse me let me start this again. Uh-huh. What what would help this process is if your partner also got present to this distinction, so you can partner with each other on improving your relationships communication in general, and in particular when either of you go unconscious. With the many, with what you like. It just sounds funny when you say that, like, because I could just, like, so when we're talking about unconscious, it's it's like someone who's not really paying attention, but I just pictured somebody completely passing out. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I could totally get that. Like, you know, and and so there's this guy I watch on YouTube, um, and he talks about forced behavior. And he still no. say blah blah blah. And he goes, he said, and he says, we call that a clue. <laughs> Those two things just came into my head. Somebody <laughs> passing me out, going, we call that a clue, but they're not listening. <laughs> well, well, at least you are understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth. Let me say it. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Um, yeah, with the many agreements you're going to be, have to make in order to take care of your relationship, let the constants of this distinction be one of them. Managing emotions is no joke. It's not easy, and even if it were, it's not something people think of as something that needs to get done. The fact that you've gotten this far is an indication of your commitment to your relationship and your partner. So, Up to this point, you've learned about listening and emotions. In the listening section, you learn what to listen for. If you noticed, both sections were about emotions, listening for them, then learning how to deal with them. In the next section, you will learn about communication styles. Now, we talked about the communication styles briefly when I talked about the different, uh, um, the the 20 conversationalists. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I want you to know that I had a, uh, a an awareness update about uh-huh. the 20 conversationalists. 
Okay. And that and that relation and that um, informational update is that um, people only have um, one uh, conversational style, uh, but they have they'll use a combination of different conversational styles to be their one conversational style. Okay. So in other words, somebody could be a rebel, a distractor, a protector, and a changer. And they'll use those four different styles, but they won't use any other style. They'll just use those four styles. Got it. So, you know, looking at those different, uh, I'm about to go into some of them now and talk about the emotional side and where, where, you, where it works for you to go in order to handle that communication style. But, you know, I looked at my own. I realized I use, generally speaking, I use four different communication styles. They're all more or less higher end, but um, like I'm an aligner, I'm an inquirer. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not into change, but I'm up to, into like making sure things are working and you know agreements and stuff like that, right? So uh, that's mm-hmm. that's my that's my communication style, and uh, I recognize that other people have you know different ones, but I thought you would uh, want to know that. So. Uh, uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. So, saw somebody posted something and showed up on my on Facebook. Showed up on my screen. Like, I ain't on Facebook. Why are you doing that? That's right. Oh, I get notifications. Damn it. So, we're gonna talk about communication styles. We're probably gonna go. Uh, it's probably gonna end this because it's about um, one, two, three, four, five, ten communication styles, conversation styles. So, um, yeah. I'm sure that this will be the end of that. Then we'll next session we'll go into uh, oh effective interaction, effectively interacting. I have a technique, strategies, and tactics that's going to get help you get through the people. So okay, great. So if you pay attention to the types of conversations around you, you'll notice that people have different default reactions to them and the situations that create them. The first thing to notice is that your re- their reactions are automatic and unconscious. Nobody stands around with their head on their chin and saying, out of all the possible ways I can act or respond right now, I think I'll choose violence. <laughs> they react violently or angrily or coldly. Many times, once people wake up, they profusely apologize because they know if they were more conscious, they wouldn't have spoken or acted the way they did. Uh-huh. The second thing to be aware of is their reaction is not personal. They react that way to anyone that made them feel that way. The third thing is if you can identify where they usually go automatically, then you'll understand how to help them join the conversation you're trying to have with them. So <laughs> I was going to keep going. That that was pretty clear, yeah? Yeah. Okay, good. What is meant by communication style is how people use words to influence and create the types of behavior in others they feel they need to create in order to produce the outcomes and achieve the goals they want. No one ever says, I'm going to talk to you this way so I can get what I want. But over time, they've created (laughs) a speaker. I like that. Yeah, yeah. But over time, they've created a speaking style that supports them in doing exactly that. Yeah, so women don't say, I want you to commit to me when they're talking to guys. Uh-huh. But their communication style is designed to get them to want us to commit to them, to y'all. But they don't say, I'm going to talk to you indirectly so that you can figure out for yourself how much I like you, but I don't want you to know how much I like you that much. And so I'm going to talk indirectly to you, but I want you to know I'm going to talk indirectly to you because I like you. And the more indirect I, I talk, the more I like you. But, I, uh, but uh, I'm telling you that, but I'm not telling you that. <laughs> That's what it's like on our end, I'm talking to you all. You know, it just seems so unfair. Well, I mean, you know, guys do stuff too, you know, but I mean, yeah. No, but that just seems kind of unfair. <laughs> I mean, listen, we play games because we like to win, but we play games because they tell us what the rules are before we start playing. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> Anyhow, I had to learn the game on my own, thank God. You know, woman can act all she wants. But, you know, y'all want us to be somebody who can see you, who you are without y'all telling us, because half the time y'all don't know where you're at anyhow. So, but still, <laughs> just, but still, pain in the ass. All right, so, anyhow, thanks for getting my communication. Uh-huh. <laughs> and making this fun. All right. The following information explains most of the different communication styles people use, including you. As you go through this section, as we go through this section, notice the different styles your partner and the people around you use so you can understand what they're trying to accomplish and what they want and need so you can improve your relationship with them. Here are the 10 types of communicators. And believe me, oh, I don't know why I keep you on it, but I apologize. But anyhow, as long as I'm not falling asleep, I guess I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I want you to listen for these so you can see what you, which ones you use, uh, which ones the people around you use, all right? Uh-huh. Great. And then you're going to also get to what to do with that about it. So there's okay. critics. There's critics. There's the non-committed. Um, there's the committed to looking good. There's the dominators. There's the complainers, the introverts, the perfectionists. The pushovers, the cheerleaders, the negotiators. I know I'm one of the two negotiators for sure. Um, but let's see uh, what else we got here. Critics. These are people who are committed to things being perfect. They're often complainers, nitpickers, and challengers. Their biggest intention is perfection. If things aren't perfect, you'll hear about it from them, and it won't be very nice most of the time. The way to deal with these communicators is to identify problems they're likely to complain about or have already complained about in the past and resolve those problems so they have nothing to complain about. Once they have nothing to complain about, you can have more productive, intimate, loving conversations with them. But until then, you've got work to do. So what that looks like is um, I, I tell guys about creating a game creating an activity that they're going to be doing for the rest of their lives, but they'll enjoy it once they get good at it. Uh-huh. And the game is called Take Away, Now What? Take Away, Now What? So, honey, you don't never do this. You don't never watch behind yourself. You always leave hair on the, hair, your facial hair on the sink. On the, take away the stuff. Keep it away. Wash it off. Don't even say, I'm going to do it. Just do it. And next thing you know, a couple weeks later, Man, I haven't seen any hair on. What are he doing? He must have. What he do? <laughs> he don't say nothing. He took it away. Right? He smiling like now nah, she got nothing to complain about. And then next thing he got something else to complain about. Right? Take away now what? That's what you got to do when you talk about somebody who's a complainer. Take away their reason for complaining. And then they can complain about the fact that they have nothing to complain about, but that's on them. You know what I mean? Uh huh. So, yeah. Uh, this section is uh, what I call a takeaway, now what, but I don't say it like that in this piece, but I'm telling you that that's it. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, guys are good at that when they realize, actually learn how to do it because um, it kind of fits our relationship style, which is um, I'm here to help. I'm your favorite. Yay. Uh-huh. So it works for us. All right, next, non-committed. This is a person committed to being free or not being controlled. They could be shy or boisterous, but either way, they don't or won't commit to anything unless they're absolutely, there's absolutely no possibility of them being trapped in any agreements, responsibilities, or situations they find themselves in or might find themselves in. They're usually difficult to spot because they communicate indirectly. They don't normally disagree outright. They slyly and subtly keep all back doors open and use words and phrases like maybe, could be, let's see, if I can, I'll get back to you, and other non-committal expressions. Their tone is usually calm, nice, and matter-of-factly, and they almost never directly confront you on things or admit they're non-committal unless or until they're cornered. (laughs) (laughs) Then... Then they'll fight to the death for their freedom, 
unless, again, they're clear there's no chance of failure or loss or something important to them. You ever experienced that for yourself, being that way? Um, yeah, with some things, like a relationship. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 I get that. Yeah, you have a certain... Did I ever talk to you about different personality types? Um, uh, give me an example, and then I'll tell you if you did or not. Um, there's 12 personality types. God gave me the secret to these, and I'm going to be writing a book about it. Uh, I don't think so. I would remember oh. if you said it like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you know, the, your personality type is different mm-hmm. from mine. Your mm-hmm. personality type is likely to be noncommittal. Not all of y'all are, but that's a, that's a typical challenge to the personality type you have known as a siren. We'll have to talk about that when we finish uh, okay. this, this, this thing here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, fascinating. And I cannot wait till the book comes out because it's going to change everything. And, and I'll tell you, the reason why it's going to change everything is because, yeah, oh, yeah, he's talking about these different personality types. Oh, man, whatever, whatever, right? But see, mm-hmm. when people can see physically determine what a person, person's personality type is just by watching them walk or watching the way their face moves or their eyes move, everybody's mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, shit, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, wow, this is really, yeah, I walk like that and I think like that. I must be that. Damn. But then they'll learn how to be better at being the way they are. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. that's a great part of it. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about it is it's something that will help people dissolve one of humanity's biggest problems. You know what the man, humanity's biggest problems is? How come you don't think like I do? <laughs> oh, yeah. How many arguments have you had over the years because somebody didn't think the way you did? Hell, I had one last night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, I gotta figure out how to talk to get people to I gotta figure out how to get through to people who don't want to be gotten through to. I need to get I mean, I've been working on it, but now I gotta get it at a new level. I was in a conversation yesterday and this guy just did not want to listen to me, he just wanted to be right. Man. Hour and forty three minutes. Damn. Well, first half hour was first half hour was all right. <laughs> Yeah, the first, first half hour was fine, but after the last hour and 13 minutes, it was like, I want to kill somebody, man. Damn. <laughs> well, you know, just joking around. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyhow, um, yeah, so those are the uh, noncommittals. So now how you identify them is by presenting minor agreements and watch how they react. If they weasel out of commitments too often, you have to decide if that's the type of person you want to be around. Either that or learn what their fears are and take them away. Then co-create agreements rather than make demands or requests. They're pretty good at co-creating agreements, and they'll commit to those. They, just, they are just never going to allow themselves to be bossed around. So co-creating agreements is the best strategy to make things work for you and the non-committed. Make sense? Um, say that again. Okay. How do I identify those who are not, who are the non-committed, the rebels without a cause, so to speak? Yeah. Is by presenting minor agreements and then watch how they react. If they weasel out of commitments too often, you have to decide if that's the type of person you want to be around. Either that or learn what their fears are and take them away, then co-create agreements rather than make a demands or requests. They're okay. pretty good. That makes sense? Yeah, now I got it. Okay, great. Yeah, they're pretty good at co-creating agreements, and they'll commit to those. They are just never going to allow themselves to be bossed around. So co-create co-creating agreements is the best strategy to make things work for you and them. Make sense? Yeah. Again, you're going to get this, you know, email to you, but uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, right. those actually those emails, by the way, are really very, very, very helpful. Yes, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you have the emails, and then you also have, you know, um, uh, the recordings whenever you get a chance to listen to those, yeah. too. Um, well, so, yeah. Cause, yeah all the emails are, are, like, handy, like, to just mm. kind of pull out, though, and be like, oh, yeah, that was what the whole thing was about, right? Like, right. an outline yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I actually asked my coworker if she would be interested in learning some stuff from you, and she did not say no. Okay. And so I think I'm just going to share some stuff from one of your emails, which are like not the whole thing, but part of it, and be like, this is the kind of stuff he talks about for my coworker who didn't have the clue that her four and a half year boyfriend didn't want to be with her. Oh. So she didn't say no, and I was surprised. I thought she would just be like, no, everything's great. And like, I moved to Hoboken and I can go out to the bars all the time, and da 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 da. da. And she didn't say no. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, I'll be happy to uh, take care of her, give a chance. Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah, awesome. Love it. All right. So, um, cool. All right, great. So, uh, the next one, the next personality type is called uh, Committed to Looking Good. You know, I'm going to put this, I'm going to just put this out there right now. All right. If you get me two customers, Paid and full customers. I will work with you for another month. Oh, you're in the um, best, though. Excuse me? You're in the best. <laughs> yeah, I'll freestyle with you for a month. Okay. Just letting you know that. So. Right. Okay. Well, cool. I, I, I'm going to try to have people learn these things anyway just because it's good for them. Yes. Like, just with people, it's good for them. Yes, it is. Hi. Right. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Glad I thought of it. All right. Committed to looking good. These are the people that are committed to looking good. Here's how you deal with that. These are people who communicate with the intention of avoiding looking bad, stupid, or wrong. These are the people who want you to like them but don't want to be put in situations they could fail in because if that happens, they're going to be blaming people left and right until they're no longer in the blame spotlight. People with this communication style are actually revealing something deeper than a communication style. They're a victim mindset based on protecting themselves in an unpredictable world where they don't feel powerful enough to handle most things in life. If you're with someone like this, it's going to be a tough time being in a relationship with them. I personally don't recommend it. The thing to know about people who communicate in this manner is that you're not just taking on a communication style. You're taking on a lifestyle that's not very empowering. If you want to be with them and make your relationship with them work, you're going to have a tough time doing it if you don't help them elevate their mindset while you're with them. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm already thinking I don't want to be with someone like that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, Let's see here. Okay, yeah, so I I, I completed that. Okay, great. Um, Yeah, all right, next. Next, dominators. People who communicate this way do it in an unconscious expression of their need to have things go their way. They order, bully, strong arm, and intimidate others as standard procedure for going through life. If you're in a relationship with someone like this, you should have you have to consider whether it's worth continuing to be with them because as far as they're concerned, you don't count as much as they do. So you better meet them where they are because they ain't going to go out of their way to do anything for you. Oh, if you're willing... Totally okay. avoiding yeah, yeah, good. Dominators are not your not your cup of tea, huh? No, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, glad I can help. <laughs> All right, if you're well, yeah, willing to stay, like, I couldn't have said it in that clear of a way, but hmm. like 
I'm, yeah, like avoiding that at all costs. Mm. Yeah. Good. All right. If you're willing to stay with them, your best strategy is to give them what they want often enough that they'll feel obligated to cooperate with you. In addition, challenging them during conversations doesn't work either. What does work is dropping new ways of looking at things on them so they can remain open-minded, even if only for a moment. You know that question I say, hey, uh, that's an interesting way of looking at things. Would you like another? Like, use that or some Uh version of that. Right. With enough of those moments gone successfully, they'll start to trust your intellect and will give you more and more latitude as the relationship develops. What's even better is to find ways for them to see how they cut off their legs of someone around them. Excuse me. Let me say that again. What's even better dealing with these folks is to find ways for them to see how they cut the legs off of everyone around them, how they put people down, and how they make people walk all around on eggshells in their presence. Doing so makes them lonely, even though they may not notice how little help or cooperation they usually get. Let me read that again. Yes, please. Doing so, you want to start from there? Yes, please. Doing so makes them lonely. In fact, let me start with the first sentence, sentence just before. What's even better is to find what's even better is to find ways for them to see how they cut off the legs of everyone around them, put people down, and make people walk on eggshells in their presence. Doing that makes them lonely even though they may not notice how little help or cooperation they normally get. Is land now? Yeah. Yeah, the people who are dominators who are walking around, you know, telling people how to act and what to do, you know, they they come across um, the, the impact of their way of being. It changes everything. We got to get there, though. Um, let me see. Where am I? I think I just lost myself. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm there. All right. Um, with your love and persistence, you can wake them up out of their dysfunctional habits and become a normally functioning member of society again, <laughs> if you committed to doing that. Beyond how to interact with them effectively, there's the issue of whether it's worth going through all these steps to make the relationship work. There are people in the world who will be a better match for you. You don't have to waste your time with someone so difficult to deal with. You don't have to work that hard. You just don't. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't want to because I just feel like like I have to work on me also and I can't I couldn't do like all that. I mean that would be just enormous. Okay. I really where <laughs> do I get that one? All right. Um where am I at here now? Um oh I've got a little more time. Okay, great. Complainers are people if the complainers is the next version. Complainers are people who are critical of almost everything around them. It's hard for them to find things to be happy about. Complainers are similar to critics, but complainers are talkers, whereas critics are doers, meaning they'll do whatever needs to happen in order to fix whatever's wrong, while complainers will just keep on complaining until the thing they complain about is fixed. (laughs) Complainers will just keep complaining and talking. Mouth almighty, tongue everlasting. You ever heard that term before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was another rap song. Uh, <laughs> in addition, complainers need to be right all the time. They can't help it. They have to complain about things that aren't perfect because to them, it's almost as if they're selling people out if they don't critique something that's not perfect. 
Yeah, all right. <laughs> they're, not going, they're not trying to be mean, even though they sound mean and look like they're, be, they're mean when they're looking at you. They're so focused on their complaints that they forget to be kind, generous, or easy to get around, get along with or be around. In fact, if you get them upset, they'll forget uh, to be kind. Uh, fact, hold on a second. Okay. In fact, if you get them, if you get upset with them, they'll think you should know they're not making you wrong. So they're surprised that you think they are, which will trigger them into another round of complaints about you not understanding that they weren't treating you mean when they were complaining. <laughs> <laughs> They're over there. Mind their business and chewing you up, right? And then, then you say, yeah, you, you, you over there chewing me up. What do you mean? You're making me complain now. No, i got to really complain. And that's how that goes. <laughs> it starts out ugly and gets worse. Okay, the best way to deal with these people is to listen to their words and, ex- and ignore their tone. If you can do that for more than a few weeks, it'll be much easier for you to deal with them. Uh, hold on a second. All right. Um, in addition, they'll start getting to the point quicker because they'll feel you're actually listening to them. You got to give it some time. You got to put in some time, a few weeks, a couple of months, but... Eventually, they'll start trusting that you're listening to them, and so they'll listen more. Okay. <clears throat> yes. I can't say by how much, though. So um, <laughs> nothing you say is going to stop them from complaining. Only actions and results will. So create a list of their complaints so you can keep checking them. Um, okay. Yeah, so... Um, so create a list of their complaints so you can keep track of them and prevent yourself from dropping the ball and having them complain about it even more. Keep the list short. Anything more than three items on your list will make you miserable. <laughs> the smaller your list is, the better your communication with them will be. If, you're, if the list is long, just take the complaints gracefully. Um, then drink the complaints then then uh, shrink oh then shrink the complaint list. If the list is long, just take the complaints gracefully. Then shrink the complaint the complaint list. Remember, you're not going to resolve communications with uh, issues with them just through communication. You got to help them resolve the thing that they're looking for, which is the problem. Uh huh. So that's that. All right. Next is uh, introverts. Can't believe introverts is giving people a hard time, but there you go. All right, you know I hate to say this, but I am like really—I don't know why—I'm like really sleepy here, man. This is brutal. Um, I shouldn't well, be. Well, maybe you just had a really long day. Well, I did, but that's yeah. Anyhow, I'm gonna keep going. I got one. Uh, or or we can do it next. We can do it next Two. time. Three, I'm not offended or anything. Five. Okay, great. All right, great. So then, um, you know what? We'll we'll stop here. Okay, fine. Um, just to let you know, we're going to stop at uh, introverts. We're going to deal with introverts. Okay. All right, we'll stop there. Yeah. So I'm like, and I got a 9 o'clock call. I'm like, how am I going to do that call? Jeez. Oh, you're going to close your eyes for like a half hour. Yes, that's what I want to do. That's, that's definitely my intention. So, um, all I can say, dear, is um, thank you. And uh, no problem. You're you're on my list of of people I love. It's not a very long list. I'm hoping okay. it becomes any longer <laughs> by the time Got we're it. done. But Got you're it. on that list, so life is good. All right. So I'll talk to you next week. Yes, excellent. And by the way, um, Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because next time we talk, it'll be after Christmas. Yeah. Oh, and then we can all like. So I'm all I'm all happy about the new year coming. So that's a better thing. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're not happy about the what? The the new year, 2018, oh. is going to be spectacular. Oh. Oh God! Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's 
it's just going to be like awesome. So yeah. I'm, I'm good yeah. with that. Yeah, me too. All right. So awesome. I'll, talk to, I'll talk to you next week. So go close your yeah. eyes. All right. I okay. will talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.